You're listening to The Catch on Blog Talk Radio with your host, John Fisher. On today's episode, John invites Oz Guinness to the show. Oz Guinness is an author and social critic. He's the great-great-grandson of Arthur Guinness, the Dublin brewer. He was born in China in World War II, where both his parents and grandparents were medical missionaries. Oz has written or edited 30 books on a wide range of themes. On today's episode, John will be discussing with Oz his latest book, The Global Public Square, Religious Freedom and the Making of a World Safe for Diversity. It's available through InterVarsity Press. Let's join the conversation in progress. The challenge facing all of us as the Earth's now billions, billions of citizens is sole freedom for all and its answer to how we are to maximize freedom and justice and learn to live with our deepest differences, especially when those differences are religious and ideological, and in particular, the answer to how we are to negotiate those differences in public life and so create a global public square that is worthy of our heritage as members of free and open societies. Wow. Well, thank you. you know, that's, you've summarized enough of it. No, it's if you look across the world, the deepest issue is how do we live with these differences? And you yes. can see the extremes which are terribly wrong. State oppression, take, say, China, North Korea, or Iran. On the other hand, sectarian violence. You think of uh, what's happening in Syria. You think of what's happening in Nigeria with Boko Haram. And to me, the tragedy at the moment is America is the most nearly perfect society in terms of its settlement of religion and public life, and yet after 50 years of culture warring since the early 1960s, Americans are throwing away their heritage, which should be a model to the whole world. But at the moment, America, which has some of the answers in its history, is doing a very bad job of it. So my book is sort of argue for basic things like conscience, but to show, you know, the way we're going around it in the last 50 years is absolutely disastrous. Now, I'm afraid that yeah. includes the religious right and the secular left. Yes, exactly what I was going to say is that, you know, you have, you're, what you say here is that you're going to get shot at from everywhere. Uh, <laughs> well, when I, I was with the Williamsburg Charter, I was getting death threats for six months, <laughs> believe it or not. No kidding, no kidding. Well, at least you're not getting death threats from Christians, I hope. <laughs> yeah, well, they were, some of them were. They were. I, I'd say there's a, a Christian survivalism that's beyond the Christian right, and some of yeah. them came from then because I was arguing for freedom of conscience for atheists or Muslims or whatever. Yes, yes. And I love your statement, um, uh, soul freedom in, in, in the public square where, where we are free all all religions, all faiths, and none. Um, did you make that one up? I, I, I had to really live with that for a while. All faiths and none. Uh, well, did you come no, up with that? It's is a that, phrase I've used a lot. Now, of course, atheism, it. secularism, is actually a faith, too. It's a worldview, too, a very powerful one. Right. Except they pretend it's religions are the problem, and they're not a religion. Well, right. this is a worldview. It's not a... A supernatural worldview is not a transcendent worldview. It's a materialistic, naturalistic worldview, but it's a worldview too. And we've got to get our atheist friends to acknowledge that. But Oz, uh, you know, this is, this is a goal that, that's, that's unreachable, is it not? 
Well, certainly in the short term. John, as I look at the world, you've got America has wrestled with these things for 230-odd years and mostly done an incredibly good job. So you'd think that if the world has a way forward, the Americans should be modeling it. And that's the tragedy. The country that's uh-huh. wrestled with it best and longest is doing a bad job today. Now, I'm European, European still. In Europe has some of these ideas in seed form. For example, all the best of the American ideas on religious freedom were English. People like Roger mm-hmm. Williams. But he mm-hmm. was uh, in trouble in England. And as the founder of Rhode Island, he flourished over here. So there were English ideas which came to flower here. And Europe is you know, a long way behind the U.S. So we've got, in Europe today, magnificent laws. We're thick on the ground with laws. But there's nothing in what Tocqueville calls the habits of the heart. People just knowing as second nature, as it were, how to, how to handle these things. So Europe's a long way behind America. And then you move, say, to China on the one hand, or Syria, Lebanon, Egypt on the other hand. Well, they're 50 years behind. So I'm, I'm not a Pollyanna. But someone's got to take yeah. the lead in showing the way forward for the world, and that should be the United States. Well, the United States, and then what I'd like to add that, Oz, is I'm so proud that uh, of you that, that it's not only the United States, but it's a Christian. And I think that's got to be a surprise to people. Well, that, John, if you, th- if you think, we've got a sort of uh, odd position on the issue as Christians, because Christians were the pioneers. The first reference, as far as I can find out, to religious freedom was by Tertullian back in the second century. And then you had Lactantius, who was the tutor to the Emperor Constantine and behind the Edict of Milan in 312. So we were the pioneers. But at the same time, if you look at the Catholic Church in the medieval period, we were also, and I've got to say Christians were also, the perpetrators of the worst evils. Think of the Inquisition and things like that. And today, we're the most persecuted faith on the earth. So and if you look at America, the religious right is nowhere near the Catholic problems. But much of the millennial defections dropping out from the faith in the last five years, the primary reason is people's disgust with the excesses of the Christian right. Mm-hmm. So we should be in the lead as followers of Jesus. But sadly, we have to always be. Wow. And is, is that, I was going to ask you, what, what, has, what has gone wrong here in America? Where do we get off track? Um, well, it's the culture wars. In, in other words, you have what I call the sacred public square on one side. For example, Christian right people arguing for school prayer. Well, you've got schools in Southern California, in L.A., where you have 99-0 religions in one school. Well, what does it mean to enforce, say, Christian school prayer? It's just, it, it just doesn't, it's just not just for all the other people there. So, Christians have been steadily in the culture wars, part of the problem on one side, and then on the left-wing side, you've got people separationists who are trying to drive all religion out of public life altogether. Now, the simple fact is that the overwhelming majority of the world are religious. And so for liberals to drive religion out of public life is highly illiberal. And so that's the other extreme. And sadly, the missing middle has become wider and wider, and there's no national leadership on this, and there isn't very much Christian leadership. I'm doing my best, and a few other people are, 
But by and large, people say today, oh, religious freedom, that's freedom for the religious. And I'm not religious, so who cares? And so Christians mm. have, have sounded as if they're arguing only for us when our rights are violated, when our position yeah. is become, you know, We've got to argue for the common good. America should be a commonwealth. And Christians are called to love the Lord and our neighbors as ourselves. We should be fighting. And the test of religious liberty is always when the tiniest community and the most unpopular community know that their rights are guaranteed. So we should be fighting for them and not just for us. Wow. Um, you know, I, uh, uh, Gunnar, are we, are we having a little problem with sound? Do you hear that, or is that just me? No, yeah, I can a little hear bit you in well. and out there. Yeah, it's, I think it's coming through. We're having a little bit issues on the, on the, on the sound, but it's, it's coming through. Okay, yeah, we have to just work at it. Are you on yeah. a cell phone, Oz? I am. I don't have a okay. landline. But it, you, yeah, you, that's it's wonderful. You know, well. join, join the 21st century. We don't need yeah. it. <laughs> we are all yeah, on a cell phone. John, 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 the sound is back, okay? Let it go. Okay, okay good. Here's what I'm, um, you know, I, I'd love to know what you could say about this. Because, Oz, I, I, for the last 20, 30 years, uh, I've watched. I, I watched where the Christian right kind of came from and how it developed through a Christian subculture, and I, I think I probably watched so closely because, because you know, I feel somewhat responsible for starting it. With, you know, with with Christian music, and, and as soon as we, as soon as we put the gospel message into contemporary terms. It's kind of like there was an explosion, and everybody thought, oh, wow, we can have Christian everything. And then as soon as we got Christian everything, then it began to be, oh, we can have our own thing here. We can have our safe, we can be safe from the world and separate. And then so we have Christian radio, safe for the whole family. We have, you know, raise your kids in Christian schools, read only Christian books, you know, buy Christian clothes, and it goes on and on. And and then out of this grows the mindset, really, that you're talking about, that mm -hmm. this is a Christian, just as a Christian nation. We were founded on on God. We should we we should fight for these things. Uh, I, here's where I'm I I've been up against this. So so much, Oz. I just get worried when I see how deep, deep these feelings are with people. And I, I to tell you the truth, I'd be amazed that, that they'd ever change their minds. Well, they are changing, I think, because they failed. But, John, I wouldn't blame you for the Christian right. I would say that the Jesus movement and the wonderful music scene of which you were a key part contributed to the born-again movement. Mm -hmm. and the sort of wider evangelical culture, much of which was pretty soft and wasn't involved in the Christian right. The way I'd put it like this, if you look at the 20th century, two-thirds of the 20th century, evangelicals were pietistic, in other words, warm hearts, empty heads. Their faith was what was called privatized. You remember mm. Theodore Rojak down your way? He said most of the churches in California are privately engaging, publicly irrelevant. You know, I came mm. here first in 1968 as a tourist. I only met one Christian leader, that was Carl Henry, who had much of a clue what was really going on in the 1960s and the counterculture. Most Christians were 
just out of it. The wake-up yeah. year was 1973. You had Watergate politically, the OPEC crisis economically, and of course ethically Roe v. Wade and abortion. And it was 75, just two years later, that Moral Majority was founded. And they were obviously fighting for good things like life, or more recently, marriage. But mm -hmm. the problem, there's two huge problems with the Christian right. One, they were politicized. In the technical sense, they trusted politics to do more than politics can do. In other words, many of their leading ideas, they don't come from Washington or Sacramento. You know, they come from the universities, like Berkeley, Harvard, places like that, or from the entertainment world of Hollywood. The way they put it in Washington, Washington is downstream from the real problems. The bodies are dead when they float past Washington. So that, that problem of politicization was huge. But Christianly, there was an even deeper problem. They tried to do the Lord's work, because life is the Lord's work. But they did it in the world's way. So mm. Jesus tells us to mm. love our enemies, speak the truth with love. But the Christian right demonized and stereotyped and used hatred and fear and so on, and it has yeah. profoundly discredited itself. As I said earlier, all the defections of the so-called millennials, the major reason is the younger generation's disgust at the Christian right. It wasn't only the younger generation, but the Christian white right went very wrong. Hmm. Mm. I wouldn't blame you, though. Well, well, you just relieved me of 30 years of guilt. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I like that. Did you hear that? I, I started the born-again movement. I, I didn't start the, the Christian subculture. I did. I did. Well, you I contributed, did. John. <laughs> thank what you. I contributed. Thank, thank you. That was a little bit of an arrogance. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, Chuck Colson <laughs> and no, Jimmy Carter being... <laughs> Jimmy Carter yeah. being saying in Playboy magazine he was born again, and Chuck Colson's book Born Again that that actually sparked the <laughs> Born Again movement. But you obviously laid a good part of the good foundations. Yeah, mm. and that's how I came to know the Lord. By the way, was, I was part of the Born Again movement, not the Jesus Freak movement, and um, I wouldn't have known this truth without John and people like him. Mm -hmm. And and let me ask you, I'm sorry, Johnny, but um, um, Oz, isn't there a chance that? That, that the, for me, anyway, the, the, the wildness was how the Holy Spirit just whisked us up. Today, we're a little bit smarter and a little bit brighter and, and, and perhaps not as open to the Holy Spirit whisking us away. But, but if, in, if, in fact, we were open and if we were able to, and I'm not talking about everyone, but people like John, who, who moved a movement in the, in the early, late 60s and early 70s, couldn't they now, with their great wisdom, be able to do the same, but smarter? Well, I would hope so. And, you know, our generation, now we're the older ones. We were young when we first met. You know, we've got to yeah. go on with that same passion and trust in the Lord as we mm -hmm. did then. And mm -hmm. including an absolute reliance, counting on the Holy Spirit. You know, I thank God for people like, you know, the, the best that's coming out of Bill Johnson, Bethel, and so on in Reading. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we all need to know more of the Holy Spirit. There's one of, maybe it was one of Libri's weaknesses. They didn't put, they had a wonderful stress on prayer and growth mm -hmm. in various ways. But the passion for the Holy Spirit, no. I, I, I've seen much more of that since leaving Libri. Interesting. But we, we, need, we need that. We need that again. 
And that was John Fisher with Oz Guinness. We'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast. We'd also invite you to join John Monday through Friday at catchjohnfisher.wordpress.com for the daily catch post. You can also sign up to receive it by email. You can also follow along at Facebook. Like our page at facebook.com slash the catch, as well as tweet with us at fishback, F-I-S-C-H-B-A-C-K. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, we'll see you then. Let the